Welcome to SEC Fan Talk, the show by SEC fans for SEC fans and your home for all SEC stats, scores, schedules, and news. Want to be a guest host? Sign up today at secfantalk.com. And now for your hosts, Luke Alsop and Brandon Bird. What a fantastic week we had in week one of SEC play. Now moving into week two. Is there going to be upsets? Is there going to be triumphs? Sure there is. We're here to talk about them. As always, you have myself, Brandon Bird, with Mr. Luke Alsop, and today our first special guest host signed up from secfantalk.com, Mr. Brad Rush. What's up, fellas? Bradley. Welcome to the show, Brad. Uh, SEC football, uh, the only the only conference that matters, and it's played in God's country. What can What more can you have? That is exactly right, sir. Our rundown's pretty simple today. We're going to hit a little bit of the SEC news. Go through the schedule, make our picks, hit the predictions, maybe a little bit of the bet lines, and that's all she wrote. So guys, getting straight into this thing, the only SEC news uh, this week, I mean, no one has really come out and added anything of COVID and tracing and all this other. The only big news that we've seen come out is that Cade Mays, interconference transfer from Georgia to Tennessee, has been approved by Mr. Sankey, as well as... Mr. Joey Gatewoods from Auburn to Kentucky. Now, guys, I'd like to get your input on this. Interconference transfers, should they have to sit out a year? Does it change depending on uh, what grade level you're at? You know, if you're a sophomore, do you sit? If you, you know, of course, the graduate transfer gets to go without harm. But it seems like Sankey can bend the rules um when need be or if there's a lawsuit brought up or the appeal makes sense ncaa approves it and then sec has to sit on it for two more weeks and and make a kid who's busted his butt off all summer uh sit and watch his team the first week you know do we do we make any changes to this well just personally for me i think that rule is ridiculous you know if these kids want to transfer to another school they should be able to do that without sitting out a year now part of me is kind of apprehensive about that because if if a kid is going to transfer from one school to a rival school that is in the same division then i can see where um, the team that he originally signed for is not going to want to sign off on that so you know, I, I just hate the idea that a kid's got to sit a year before he can see the field. No, see, I, I can agree with that, but I think it should be more like a, a by case by case basis on that. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't, I, I, I with you, I don't agree with say the star receiver from Alabama's not, you know, doesn't like the coaching staff or something, but he's their their best offensive threat transfers to Auburn the next year. I mean, I don't think that's how it should work. Um, obviously I think playing time should be involved. If, I mean, if the kid has, you know, they say they set a, a limit of you got to, if you take more than 150 snaps that season or whatever the case may be, you have to sit out the next year if you're going to transfer. Um, yeah, that's not a bad idea. I mean, I, th- I think they set a cap on that. Yeah. Or they could actually sit, a, they could set a cap on, you know, if you do transfer to a rival school in the same division that you can only play 
so many times. You know, you can only play so many downs or minutes whatever or whatever. It is. Yeah, or, minutes or, or, or whatever. Your, or you, you instead of sitting the, the whole first year, you just sit that game uh, for that for that rival and the, the rest of the time. You know, maybe some limitations on some other games. You know, if you're if, in Cade May situation, if you're in the East, limit some play at times, and you don't play at all against Georgia. Yeah. No, I, I could agree with that too. I, I just don't like the idea of it becoming more like the pros, where they trade players all willy nilly. Like, right? If, yeah. I mean, if all if your best players, if your best player plays for Kentucky, gets a call from Nick Saban, he's going to transfer. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. All right. <laughs> so much for the news. Hey, <laughs> no news is good news. We're not we're not talking about injuries uh, or anything. SEC, like that. yeah, the, the SEC didn't have a. a humongous amount of uh, outbreak of COVID and have to shut down for a couple weeks. Hey, well, I will say as far as the news is concerned that Cade Mays and Joey Gatewood are going to make immediate impacts for the teams that they just transferred to. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Before we move on to the schedule, let's talk about another uh, big piece of news is that in the top 25 – Narrow that down to the top four. We have currently, after one week of SEC play, three SEC teams in the top four. Yeah, well, you know, everything has uh, not been right with the world this year, but that seems like it is right with the world when you have three SEC teams in the top four. I completely agree. The only downfall to this season I'm all for all SEC all the time. But when it gets down to playoff time, you have went through a gauntlet of a schedule. You're beaten up by the time you get to the 14 playoff. Yeah, I agree. And we said at the beginning of this season that if there is a year for the SEC to have, you know, we've had the years with two SEC teams in the Final Four. And if there is a year for three, this would be the year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's it's probably going to shape up that way. I don't know with Ohio State now into the mix, they're going to have to make an argument. But yeah, it, it, like Brad said, this is it's whoever somebody in the SEC is going to have literally the hardest schedule in the history of college football, and it might be Texas A and M. But no matter who it is, every team's got to run through this this just meat grinder of a schedule. Yep, you are exactly right. I mean, I agree with that too. Texas A and M is going to have a hard time. Tennessee always has a hard time playing Alabama every year. And these teams in the West have got their uh, their um, feelers out, seeing that Mississippi State means business this year as well. So they're always on the back burner for that too. Yes, sir. Speaking of toughest schedule, let's hit into the SEC Week Two schedule. We'll just run these down with teams and times. First off. Couple of noon games. First one, South Carolina coming off of a loss, playing at Florida, number three Florida, that is, against Kyle Trask and company. The other noon game is the Missouri at Tennessee. Missouri coming off the loss with Tennessee on the win. The 330 prime game is the number 13 Texas AM against number two Alabama. And, of course, CBS has that one picked up. The 4 o'clock game, Ole Miss and Kentucky. The uh, first 7.30 game, Auburn at Georgia. Also, Arkansas and Mississippi State. 
as well as LSU at Vanderbilt. Guys, it is going to be a fantastic Saturday. Yes, it is. It's uh, I mean, there's some, there's a few huge games in there. I mean, I, I'm really excited to see the Missouri Tennessee game. Um, really excited for for all of them, really. But you know, especially Tennessee. I'm excited for the A and M Alabama game. Um, and Georgia and Auburn is probably going to be the game of the day. Yep. No, I agree. Um, Tennessee Missouri. Uh, I think that might be a sneaky good game. You got to see that Missouri played pretty well in the second half against Alabama. I mean, it is Alabama's second string for the short period of time Missouri has been in the SEC. Tennessee's had some problems with that. Um, I mean, they are a total of one and three against Missouri all time in the SEC. So, I mean, that's not a very big sample size, but still yet. Hate week, Auburn, Georgia, that's always a good game. I don't know if Bo Nix has it. He's got a little Brett Favre-esque in him, (laughs) but I don't trust him. Um, I mean, Kentucky's a good team, but they're not Georgia. Georgia will really show where their weaknesses are. Um, and then, like Luke said, Texas A&M, Alabama, that's a, that's a big game. A&M's going to really have to put on their big boy pants to play Alabama, but I am definitely pulling for Texas A&M because I would pull for the devil before I would Alabama. <laughs> let's, let's run these down and talk about these games individually. First one we mentioned with South Carolina and Florida. So Florida had a tremendous offensive blowout week last week with Kyle Trask and and his wide receivers slash offensive linemen slash tight end, whatever he (laughs) wants to play, Mr. Pitt. Unfortunately, Florida's defense gave up over 600 yards as well. How do they fare against South Carolina? Uh, I mean – they're they're I think they're going to dominate South Carolina from beginning to end. Um, the offense is going to be fine. Uh, I mean, if if they show up half as much as they did last week, they can still beat South Carolina. Their defense is the topic of discussion in Gainesville. Um, Kyrie Ingram he uh, he took it personally about how many how bad they looked last Saturday and how many yards they gave up to Ole Miss. You know, I think that's kind of – it's just criticism. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, Ole Miss last year, surprisingly enough, you know, they put up 37 points against LSU last year, and that was a pretty hard-fought game for LSU. Um, besides the Florida game, it, it was the most hard-fought game that they had all season. You know, you can kind of – and they had four starters out, which – you know, it's definitely going to hinder your defense, but um, but yeah, I think Florida will will run away with this game. Um, I don't think it's going to be close at any point. So you don't think it's it's going to look like a Pac-12 full offensive game because when it comes to South Carolina, stopping Shy Smith is extremely hard to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Shy Smith is by far the best player on that offense. He's one of the best offensive players in the East. Um, so yeah, they're they're gonna have to contain him. I, I just think that they're gonna be chomping at the bit to prove that they are nowhere near as bad as they were last Saturday. Yeah, coming into this game, uh I mean Kyle Trask last game, four hundred and sixteen yards, six TDs. That's a pretty good outing. I don't know if he's gonna hang four hundred and sixteen yards up against South Carolina. And I think that actually Colin Hill, the transfer for Coming into South Carolina is actually going to give 
Florida's defense a little trouble. He got a little feel of the SEC last week against Tennessee. He's a pro-style quarterback. He's got a heck of an arm. Um, obviously, his weapons are not as good as some teams. Um, but I think that he's going to uh, surprise a lot of people this week. I'm not saying that South Carolina wins. I'm not saying they even keep it that close, but I think they're going to surprise you and put some points up on the board against that Florida defense that showed some cracks last week. Well, Brad, who is your pick for that game? We talking score? I mean, obviously I've picked Florida for sure. I mean, I'm thinking it's going to be 45-21, somewhere in that ballpark range. I mean, almost doubling South Carolina. But like I said, I still think they'll put up some yards, but a lot of turnovers as well maybe about South Carolina Gamecocks. Yeah, I think that score is probably pretty spot on. I would almost say the exact same score. I think that's that's uh, very very fair. And, you know, I think that they South Carolina could cover that 18-point spread going into, you know, the fourth quarter or even later. Uh, but I think Florida will end up just um, – they'll, they'll end up covering that spread uh, by the, the time the clock hits zero. I'm going to choose Florida as well. But I'm going to lower it down 35-14. It is probably my choice to be uh, a potential upset on it. Florida's going to come in, you know, hey, look at what we did last week. And South Carolina is, they've watched their film. They saw where they messed up. Tennessee and South Carolina game is always close. You know, every year except for last year, we've said that multiple times. South Carolina, you know, had it not been for the pick six that they put on the uh, transfer quarterback South Carolina would have won that game so they grow into this this week and I think they give Florida a little bit more that they're they could be a potential upset so it's I still think Florida will win I just uh I don't know about I don't know about a, an 18 point spread I mean that's that's fair I mean like I said last week I mean it's South Carolina they had this uncanny ability to make their opposing team play the worst game that they're going to play all season or just not look as good as they normally look. And it's just a a thing that Muschamp has at South Carolina. You know, for Florida's sake, they better hope that they don't take South Carolina lightly uh, because they could be looking at a – they could be looking at an upset or just barely squeaking by, which when you're an 18-point favorite – could be almost as I mean it's almost as bad as losing if you uh you know you drop, only, you drop rankings. Right, exactly. If if Florida can't afford to have that happen, which is what we saw with Tennessee. Right. Yeah, Florida just can't afford to let that happen. Um they they've got they've got the playoffs in their in their sights this year. So any slip up is is not gonna be good for them. Speaking of Tennessee, our second game is Tennessee with uh, hosting their home opener with uh, Missouri coming to town. So Tennessee did drop from 16 to 21 after the win against South Carolina. Missouri with a new head coach and and Tennessee with a lot of returning seniors. Uh, I think their their senior count is 25. Do they do they handle business in a very very positive way in Knoxville this weekend? Brad, we'll start with you. I think so. Missouri is definitely rebuilding. Ever since they've been in the SEC, they've been a shocker in the East, which the East is down, has been for the past couple of years. With their new coach, I can't think of his name, but from Appalachian State, uh, coming in, 
switching it up, trying to make it more offensively focused compared to defense. I think Garantano is going to actually have a bounce back game. I think they've probably worked on the field some. I mean, that's the first time out, right? I mean, he's going to have some issues. He's never been the superstar quarterback. Um, I mean, he's just been the guy that's going to get you through. I would like to see him run a little bit more. He is supposed to be dual threat. I mean, he's a, he hasn't shown it, um, but I would like to see him run a little bit more. Um, I definitely think that this is going to be a bounce back. Uh, I mean, lack of a better term, bounce back game for the University of Tennessee. I think they actually play pretty well, and it's not even close on the home opener in Knoxville this week. I would love that. It's it's almost like you listened to our uh, episode of Tennessee Fan Talk. It uh, We talked about Garantano and, and the ability that he does have, but he did not show last week. It was overthrow, overthrow, you know, behind. Couldn't get it to his receivers consistently at all. And, and I really feel like we were misled in his rankings as a quarterback uh, when Tennessee recruited him because he was he was sold as a dual threat quarterback and Josh Dobbs looks 10 times better than uh, he does in Knoxville as far as running the ball. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. Um, I mean, the nickname Garrett overthrowing Tano came out, you know, um, <laughs> but I, said, I, I think they're going to stick a little bit more to the ground game. It's going to be a little chilly in Knoxville. I don't know if it's supposed to rain, um, but I think that they'll really pound the ball down their throat. Maybe even see a couple fullback sets. Play action pass is going to be the move this weekend, I feel. So we know Brad has uh, said at Tennessee. What about a prediction on the score? Mm, I believe this one's going to be 35-10. I have a lot of faith in Tennessee defense this week. That looked fantastic last week, and we'll be looking to add on to their already uh, esteemed amount of accomplishments. Luke, what about you? Um, I, I like Tennessee in this game. Um, Missouri, you know, they had a respectable showing against Alabama last week. Seeing as I don't really follow Missouri that closely, um, I can't really speak to the specifics of, you know, what their uh, running game is going to look like. But I mean, Missouri has, has always been able to put up points against teams and they've always been able to beat teams that they shouldn't necessarily beat. You know, this is going to be a big test for Eli Drinkwitz. Um, you know, I think if Barry Odom was still in Missouri, I, I think I would take Missouri to at least cover the spread. I would take Tennessee regardless. Um, but I think this game's going to be fairly close. I mean, I, I'm, I think it, you know, it could be a, 32 to 10 or uh, 32 to 21 game uh somewhere around that lines but um you know i think missouri will be able to keep it close uh but tennessee pulls it out in the end i agree with you i, I do think that tennessee will pull it out As a matter of fact i'm gonna say 28 21 uh just because of the unknowns um tennessee's ability to score in the red zone is almost non-existent I think their defense makes a couple stops, and and of that twenty eight points, I think the defense puts up six of them, which will move us into our our next game with the primetime game of the week, number thirteen Texas A and M at number two Alabama. What an exciting matchup! We said in preseason that Texas is growing stronger. Um, Kyle Field is an exciting place to play. They are gaining more momentum in the recruiting battle uh in in a very very big state and big region 
where they really only have to battle with a couple other teams. And it may not be this year, but in coming years, they're, you know, they're liable to take the West. Luke, how do you feel about Texas A&M and Alabama game? Uh, I'm not feeling too good about it, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, Texas A&M, I had such high hopes for them at the beginning of the season. I thought, you know, this was going to be Kellen Mond's year. He'd been under Jimbo Fisher's wing now for a couple of seasons. Um, but, man, after the way they played against Vanderbilt, there is just no excuse in that. Uh, like I said, they put the ball on the ground five times in that game. You know, if, if they do that twice against Alabama, the game's over. Um, they they can't afford – they won't survive having two turnovers or more against an Alabama defense at, at Alabama. You know, I, I really thought going into the season that – that A&M really had a good chance of beating Alabama. But after last week, I, I, I just can't – I can't make that argument anymore. And, you know, after the way they played against Vanderbilt, A&M is lucky that the spread is only 17.5 points. Um, now, I'm looking for A&M to bounce back um, and – they're going to look better than they did last week, that's for sure. But I still have Alabama all the way in this game. As Tennessee fans, Brad and I both know, and this is this is to help Texas A&M out, Brad and I both know that Vanderbilt is not someone whom you just take lightly. Now, while they are not a powerhouse of the SEC, and we've already joked about how they don't spend their money on their facilities. <laughs> but Derek Mason's defense is not one to play around with. You know, that they are good against the rush. They, you know, if you go in underestimating them, they will beat you. And I think that Texas A&M did that. I, I don't think that they prepared to go in, you know, thinking this is the first game of the season. Vanderbilt's not going to have it together. Ah, it's just Vanderbilt. And it, you know, it it looked ugly. And so hopefully, you know, they were just just mistaken in their in their preparation and you know that they cannot mistake for this game. Brad, how do you feel about the game? I think there's going to be one deciding factor if Texas A&M wants to have a chance to win this game. His name's Kellen Mond, um, senior quarterback. He has shown flashes before. He can really spin it. Um, he's pretty good with his legs, too. Um, he's going to have to make good decisions, make sure that they don't, you know, get too excited. They, they don't want to come into this game and get too pumped up. Alabama's starting a new quarterback, but, you know, new quarterback on the year, Mac Jones, uh, I mean – Nick Saban always has his guys ready. The quarterback at Alabama has never really been the big statement anyway, except for, you know, maybe Tua. Um, I don't – I mean, I don't think – I think it's going to be closer than what, what people think. Um, but I still think Alabama – I mean, it's going, to, it's going to be an entertaining game, but I think Alabama definitely pulls it out. You know, you, you both could be right. Uh, sorry, you guys both could be right. I mean, Texas A&M, they could have just – been ignoring Vanderbilt 
um, leading up to the opening week, they could have had their eyes set on Alabama on that second game um, from day from, you know, as soon as they released the schedule. So, you know, they they might have not even taken Vanderbilt seriously and, um, you know, just been looking towards Alabama and then things caught up with them. But but we'll see. And you know that Jimbo chewed that hind in out, too. Oh, yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going to go Alabama. I'm going to say uh, I'm going I'm, I'm to go 48-28. And the reason that I give Alabama up to 48 points is, is Mac Jones, while he is no Tua on his feet, he has got an arm. And he proved last week that he could put the ball wherever he wants to in tight places and put a, put the trust in his receivers and, and you know, that, that they're going to be where they're supposed to be and that the ball's in, in the window every time. Yeah, he doesn't have to be a Heisman Trophy quarterback to take them to the playoffs. I mean, the weapons that they have. I mean, Waddle, he's the best receiver in the conference and probably the best receiver in college football this year. That guy is just unbelievable. And Najee Harris is just, I mean, that kid is just a, I mean, he looks like, he almost looks like an old, um, I don't know, Adrian Peterson or something out there. I mean, the guy is just a, he's just incredible. Missouri couldn't stop him last week. I mean, they they stopped everyone else, but but Najee, they, (laughs) there was no stopping the Najee train last week. (laughs) Nope. But I mean, but final what I score have, for that? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Final score. I'm thinking 42 21 Alabama. Um, I think they keep it close. I think AM keeps it close in the first half. But then going into the second half, Alabama's going to just wear them out on the ground, pull away in the fourth. Luke? Uh, I'm going to say 41 28 Alabama. Um, I, I think that AM, uh, Going into the for three quarters, I think A and M is going to be able to at least keep the game respectable. And there's going to be times where you think that A and M is actually going to have a chance to either tie or pull ahead to Alabama halfway through the game. But Alabama will do what Alabama does. That finishes that one up. The four o'clock game: Old Miss at Kentucky. It'd be uh, on the SEC network. Not much to say for either one on that. For me, you know, it's – I think Kentucky takes this game. Maybe not by much. It, it may be a, a, a field goal, you know, just a field goal win on it. Uh, they they looked they looked pretty good last week. Stayed within two points multiple times during the game. Uh, as we said at the beginning of the week show, uh, Wilson kind of just – literally handed it over in the third quarter and they just could not recover from that it's i think this is going to be a heck of a game i don't know i mean Ole miss played so well offensively against florida yesterday uh last week that um Ole miss is going to be able to score points on kentucky i mean that's 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 just a fact. Um, Kentucky secondary is pretty dang good, though, so I will give that to them. Um, but I'm actually going to call an upset here to say that Ole Miss pulls it out. Um, I think it's going to be kind of an ugly game, but I'm thinking like a 24-21 Ole Miss. 
No, I see. I, I agree 100% with Luke on this. Um, Lane Kiffin's offense, where it's nowhere near Mississippi State's from what we can see as so far, is still a really good offense. I mean, Ole Miss has a, a, a receiver by the name of Elijah Moore, who is a beast. Um, last game, 10 receptions, 227 yards. No TDs, but still yet. I think Ole Miss hangs it up on Kentucky. I think they run it fast. I think they – it's just going to be – I think it's going to be a higher-scoring game. I just think they they just keep going, score, 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 score. Um, Lane Kiffin, like I said, his offense has always been good, anywhere from the NFL to even when he coached at University of Tennessee. Offense was much better. Um, I mean, I'm thinking the score's 35-28 Ole Miss. I really think they hang some points up this week. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I'm going to have the same score as Luke picked with the 24-21, except for I'm picking it in favor of Kentucky. Oh, you're going with the Wildcats, huh? Uh, you know, I, so I, I think they have a little, little bit of bone to pick after last week, and they, they show up and show out. I mean, it's very possible. I mean, Terry Wilson, I mean, the kid is a tremendous athlete, and he, he had to knock some cobwebs off, but – but yeah, he he should be ready to roll uh, Saturday. So um, you know, who knows? But if he if if they don't get their turnovers under control, then Ole Miss will run away with this. Speaking of potential runaways, our next game, the seven thirty number seven Auburn at number four Georgia on ESPN. Guys, this one's going to be a fun one to watch as well. The way that Georgia started out last week. If they start out again uh, again this week like that, Auburn's going to uh, Auburn's going to hurt them. Now, if they roll in with what they did the second half of that game, uh, it could very well uh, be a easy Georgia win. Luke, what are your thoughts on that? Um, it depends on what uh, I guess. JT Barrett or is it JT Daniels? Who the he Georgia's new quarterback transfer Stinson he's probably going to get the, Bennett. he is probably going to get the keys to the offense uh they've been waiting on him um so we'll get a look to see what he is like coming out of the gate um if auburn if auburn can consistently move the ball they're going to be fine and i I'm actually going to pick Auburn to win this game. Now, I don't know if that's just wishful thinking on my part by being a Florida fan, but I am hoping that Auburn pulls this one out. And they've got a chance to do that because if Georgia looks looks like they did last week in that first half, if they do that in the first half against Auburn, Auburn could get a 21 to nothing on them pretty quick because as inconsistent as Auburn's offense is under Mount Zahn, you know, Bo Nix, they can score some points. Um, so so Georgia better be ready to play come Saturday. So Auburn for Luke, what type of score are you thinking Auburn's going to pull out? I'm thinking 28-24 Auburn. All right, Bradley, what about you? I agree um, that it's going to be a great game. I think that Luke's off on the score. <laughs> I think that Georgia's <laughs> definitely going to pull it out. Um I do think that Bo Nix, I think he has that gene that makes him a winner. He's going to give it his all every every down. But I, I think that Georgia came out the gates a little slow last week, um, like a, a, a couple teams did on their back foot. And I think that they, they really worked on that this week. Um, 
like I said, Stinson Bennett, uh, I think he's the guy they've really been looking for. They're, I mean, they're, they're they've always been a pocket passing offense. Um, they don't, they've never really had that quarterback that runs around too much. Um, I mean, that was a pretty good outing to come off the bench, not getting the start. Uh, he definitely has the start this week, I'm sure. I, like I said, I think it's going to be good, um, but I definitely think it's going to come down to a, a fourth quarter touchdown by the Bulldogs to win. What do you say, final score? Yeah, I, I guess I broke up. Yeah, final score. I I got the uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, like I said, late fourth quarter touchdown, twenty eight twenty one, dogs. Boy, I hope you're wrong about that one, Brad. <laughs> 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 that that would be like a dagger dagger in the heart if uh, Georgia pulled it out late in the fourth quarter. Well, you can never tell. They've been known to let it go in the fourth quarter. <laughs> as much as it as it pains me to say that I do not want Georgia um climbing any more ladders in the east when when they when Bennett come in you know it was it was a completely different game I'm going to have to go 24-21 Georgia Our next game is Arkansas and Mississippi State coming off a big win last week for Mississippi State what do they what do they do to Arkansas Arkansas is going to have a long day. Uh, if, if Mississippi State can do anything like they did last week, um, they're gonna they're just gonna take Arkansas behind the woodshed. Um, but you know who knows? Um, maybe maybe LSU is worse than what we thought. Maybe Mississippi State just had a phenomenal game and and they they don't have another one. I think that's highly unlikely. Mississippi State is, you know, a 17-point favorite in that game. I think they'll cover that spread. Um, I, I could see uh, this is going to be one of those games that I don't think it's going to be close after midway through the second quarter. I agree. And and before you make your pick there, as you were talking, and, and I have gone back and watched the highlight reel of the LSU game probably – three times this week just to go wow wow oh my goodness <laughs> you know oh, yeah it's and crazy. i'm I, I think they blow them out i think it's i think it's mississippi state 45 to 14 that seems pretty pretty spot on i think i would almost pick that exact same score no i, I agree too um the only thing that arkansas has going for them uh they got your boy uh Felipe Felipe Frank Luke, uh, you know, yeah, uh, yep, he is older. there in Arkansas, and you know, he, for, for for one out of five plays, he looks like the best quarterback in the conference. Uh, <laughs> but the other four, not so much. <laughs> the four, yeah. I mean, I hate to say it, but they have for a long time. They haven't been relative since what, maybe the early two thousands. Arkansas stinks. I mean, they just stink. Um, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Mississippi State hung a 50-burger on them. Now, their defense, I mean, defense couldn't stop a cold. But I could see, I mean, a a 50-burger hung up on them easy. Yeah, and I almost think that that, it's almost fitting. Like, I I don't wish any ill will against any SEC team. Um, But I still can't get over the fact of the way that they did Brett Balama at Arkansas. I mean – to me, that was absolutely shameful. And so anytime I see them, you know, get beat up pretty badly, it's kind of like, well, 
I don't think the players deserved it, but your, you know, your university as a whole, the way they handled that whole situation, you know, I can kind of, uh, I can kind of enjoy them getting the brake speed off of them every now and then. No, I agree. I don't wish any ill will on any of them either, but I do hate Woo Pig Suey. Um, that is the top five worst <laughs> chance, maybe in the United States, <laughs> definitely in the SEC. Um, but yeah, I, I don't want to see any ill will, but they're going to get the brakes put off of them this week for sure. Like I said, 50 burger. I'm, I mean, I don't know what, 52 14? Let's go with that. I can see that happening. Yeah, that could, that's very possible. Very possible. So, speaking of a game that there may be a humongous blowout, <laughs> the final game, LSU, who has dropped from, what were they, sixth to 20th? And going to Nashville and playing Vanderbilt, do they make the mistake and not prepare for Vanderbilt, or do they go out there and just rip them up and take out all the frustrations from last week's game? Um, I I don't see it. Uh, I I think after the way the LSU, I think they're probably so uh, so just defeated from getting beat the way they did against Mississippi State, that they had a hard week of practice. Um, Ed Orgeron's not going to let – he's not going to let their team just hang their heads for the whole rest of the season. So they probably had a rough week of practice. And um, they're going to come out and they're going to be fired up and they're going to be ready to take it to Vanderbilt. How bad did they do that? um, (laughs) I don't know. I'm looking – I'm still not – I'm still not convinced of LSU's offense. Um, Brandon is just, he's not the quarterback so far that I've seen that he's been billed up to be. I think it's, it could be a, a 28 to seven ball game. 28 to seven for Luke. Um, you know, it, it, like I said, with watching the replays um, and, and the highlight reel, I mean, LSU was in that game a lot. Um, they were they were back and forth. It was a very uh, high offense for both teams, and I think they put a little bit more on Vanderbilt. Uh, and um, I'll give Vanderbilt a little bit a uh, <laughs> little bit of something, maybe that they're going to fix something with their offense too, and put the game at thirty eight to twenty one. See, I, I think I think that LSU after that first loss, it's going to be just the murder tour of twenty twenty. I actually think that Brennan's a little better than what most pe- what me- what most people think. I mean, his offensive line was terrible last week. Some of those sacks could have been on him not getting rid of the ball quick enough. But seven sacks in a football game against Mississippi State, that like I said, they're they're not known for their defense, especially this year. Um, no. But he, I mean, he still he he put up three hundred forty five yards, three TDs. He did have two interceptions, um, but like I said, he was getting hassled. I also think that coming into this, I mean, this season, that's nothing. I mean, you know, it's nothing. Nobody thought it'd be the way it is. Um, coming up against Mississippi State with a new offense that they didn't have any time to watch any film on. I think Coach Orgeron, in his best Louisiana voice, told Mr. Brenda, "This is your football team, and you're gonna go out there and you're gonna beat the. You're just gonna you're gonna win. You're a winner. We're winners." <laughs> I mean that's, that's, that's the best. That's the best Edge voice I got. Uh, thank you, thank you, ma'am. It's my dream job. Yeah, we, we're gonna go out there and we're gonna eat some gator tail and we're gonna throw some touchdowns. I hear that kid can really pepper the gumbo. Mm. 
No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was lucky enough to go to the LSU Vandy game last year, and that was, uh, let's just say, uh, an experience. The LSU fans um, drank the stadium out of beer at halftime. So, <laughs> Sounds about um, right. <laughs> no, yeah, they, they did because we left at halftime too. Um <laughs> I think it's going to be a, a, a blowout. I think, like I said, I think LSU starts the comeback murder tour. Um, I think it's going to be, uh, I mean, I, I, I absolutely am not going to pick against LSU because my better half is from Louisiana. So, Uh-oh. yeah, you can't uh, do that. I, I got I got LSU 35, Vandy 14. Um, like I said, Ed Orgeron's going to come back. They're going to have a bounce back game this week. LSU is a better football team than what they showed last week. Well, we have gone through the entire list of Saturday's games. What an exciting week two for the SEC it's going to be. Hopefully, everything uh, goes well and we don't have any type of uh, COVID outbreaks or anything. We get to continue this on, and hopefully we see uh, a lot of improvement from week one to week two enough improvement to where we could get someone like Notre Dame out of the fifth spot in the AP rankings. And let's not get Luke started on Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah, don't get me started on them. That would have filled up in a whole another 45 minutes of, of me ranting against uh, my hatred of Notre Dame. Well, you and 95% of the rest of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> We do appreciate you tuning in to another episode of SEC Fan Talk. We want to say thank you to Brad Rush for being the first to go to secfantalk.com and signing up to be a guest host. We really enjoyed having you on the show. Can't wait to have you back uh, following the week uh, of football to see how our picks worked out and see how these games played out. Oh, I sure do appreciate the invite, like I said. Yeah, yeah. Thank you all for sure. Um, I had a great time. This is my first time ever doing a podcast. So, but I appreciate it. Y'all do good stuff. Um, and yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. We enjoyed having you, man. Yeah. Definitely need to do this again. (laughs) I'll take that as another invite. So yeah, I'll come back. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Here we go. We thank you again. Please remember to follow us at sec fan talk on Twitter or go to secfantalk.com. Sign up, join in, get in the conversation. Thank you very much. Enjoy your SEC Week 2 football. It just means more. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.